This is the 136th episode of 200 um, Private Equity, and here we're going to uh, pick up again uh, with what we covered uh, in the previous session, uh, buying build strategies and private equity transactions. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, so where were we? Well, the firm that is acquired second typically will be a fast-growing company uh, that can use the fund's resources to expand a financially troubled firm with a good product or service that is in a need of rescue, or a smaller business with a niche product or service in a growing market or fragmented industry where there is potential for consolidation. And again, this is just review from the last session. Uh, the fund typically will value this firm by looking uh, to anticipated synergies or projected post-closing cash flows. Because this firm will be supervised by the, the management for the firm that was acquired first, fund management will be more likely to overlook a weaker departing management base or factor in the performance benefits of replacing uh, substandard management. Uh, the managers will also care less about the consistency and predictability of the second firm's profits because the acquisition is more likely uh, to be made for the purpose of taking advantage of specific company assets. Uh, the acquisitions are um, accredited to the overall uh, platform earnings uh, after closing and integration, and the target uh, can eliminate costs or expenses that are unnecessary uh, after the transaction is closed. Uh, the theory here is that the two transactions permit the fund to put uh, unused capital to work, uh, eliminating overlapping functions and duplicative third-party contracts, uh, while also allowing the fund, uh, the parties to hedge against a risk that is specific uh, to one of the two targets and enhance supply chain performance. Before acquiring a target, though, the fund uh, management should evaluate the strengths and weaknesses of, as well as opportunities for, and threats to the target to ensure uh, that uh, the analysis is accurate, uh, as well as uh, dispose of unwanted uh, target assets and plan for uh, effective integration, right? So, uh, fund management may also want to consider uh, any other impediments to the transaction, uh, whether the target can be um, uh, creative uh, to the fund's portfolio company, uh, whether the target's uh, good or service is uh, value additive for the fund, and whether the target uh, complements uh, the fund's portfolio company. Uh, fund team members uh, should uh, also conduct a due diligence on the target's potential liabilities and risks, uh, its economic and uh, operational value, uh, uh, with uh, particular attention uh, to third-party consents, uh, required stockholder action for the transaction, or uh, equity transfer uh, prohibitions. Uh, team members should also uh, focus uh, on ensuring that the target's uh, operations will uh, uh, mesh with the uh, portfolio firm's business as closely as possible. Uh, uh, again, uh, for the target's liability, uh, again, uh, I'm sorry, a team member should also uh, look into uh, the target's liabilities, obligations, and contracts, uh, which should be reviewed uh, to guarantee uh, that there are no successor liabilities or multi-employer plan liabilities that can be do uh, can, that can uh, directly harm or negatively impact. Uh, the platform company after it assumes uh, them uh, whether uh, licensed assets uh, can be used uh, by the portfolio company under the terms of the targets agreements uh, with the third party uh, and uh, neither uh, that the uh, and that neither of the federal trade commission uh, or the department of justice uh, antitrust division uh, will intervene to stop the trans transaction and that uh, there are no restraints on the uh, planned future growth of the portfolio company uh, in the form uh, of uh, uh, not compete provisions in any contracts uh, or exclusive dealing agreements. Uh, when the actual acquisition agreement is drafted, it is not uncommon uh, for the buyer uh, to be given responsibility for obtaining approval from the Justice Department again uh, under the, Hot, the Hart Scott Rodino Act, uh, lest they be forced to pay uh, a termination fee. And of course, that's already been mentioned in another uh, episode uh, on filling in the gap, right? Uh, finally, uh, fund management should be careful not to uh, streamline uh, back office functions at the expense of consumer service uh, if the good or service has a ready substitute. Uh, they should be also uh, 
they should also be careful uh, not to uh, consummate mergers uh, where the two portfolio firms uh, will not be compatible because uh, they service customers with tastes that are too divergent and uh, they want to prevent investing uh, too much uh, into uh, the diligence process uh, so that uh, it is uh, no longer financially feasible to walk away if unsavory facts are discovered uh, during uh, the, the search through, right? So it, it's a neat balancing act. Uh, here, uh, we'll, we will uh, start talking about uh, the Investment Company Act of 1940. And of course, uh, what I bring this up uh, for uh, many uh, listeners who are, um, you know, just into the business side of private equity. Well, um, knowing a little bit about this, the statute can save you a lot of a headache later on because uh, uh, being able to comply with exceptions uh, uh, makes uh, a lot of uh, PE transactions more lucrative than they otherwise would be um, if you were covered, right? So uh, what is all of this about? Well, Section 3A1A of the 1940 Investment Company Act defines an investment company as any issuer which uh, is or holds itself out as being primarily engaged, I'm sorry, being engaged primarily uh, or proposes to engage primarily uh, in the business of investing, reinvesting, or trading in securities, right? Uh, here and after, right, I'm just going to refer to this as the general investment company test. Uh, the second definition of an investment company uh, under the statute focuses uh, on the uh, entity, uh, entity's assets, right? So here, uh, an investment company is any issuer that is engaged or proposes to engage in the business of investing, reinvesting, owning, holding, or trading in securities, and owns or proposes uh, to acquire investment securities having a value exceeding uh, 40% uh, of such issuer's total assets, uh, exclusive uh, of government securities and cash items uh, on an uh, unconsolidated basis, right? Uh, and I will refer to, to, I will refer to that uh, second Argo-Bargle uh, formulation uh, as the asset test, right? So uh, many a going a concern is swept under the statute's purview uh, through the second asset test, uh, which does not require the issuer to be primarily engaged uh, in the investment business. Uh, private equity funds that fall under one of these definitions must either satisfy an exemption under the statute or comply with the Act's registration requirements. Indeed, in a few instances, the Securities and Exchange Commission has actually brought enforcement proceedings, right, uh, against firms that exceeded the 40% threshold, uh, and it is also a standard fare for the SEC to comment on a registration statement uh, filed under the Securities Act or a periodic report uh, filed under the Exchange Act if the issuer uh, has a substantial amount of securities uh, under its uh, consolidated balance sheet but has not registered uh, under the Investment Company Act. So I guess a more uh, streamlined uh, way of saying what I just told you about a minute ago is that uh, the Investment Company Act is kind of like a RISA, right, uh, for uh, uh, listeners who are solely uh, interested in the uh, business uh, matters of it, uh, except that with the as opposed to the case with the RISA, right, where there were no um, real dangers uh, for, a, you know, uh, enforcement proceedings. Uh, the primary danger was just, you know, a, a burdensome compliance. Here, uh, the SEC actually can come after you if you don't know what you're uh, doing as it pertains to this statute, right? So th th yet another reason uh, to listen carefully when it comes to uh, the ICA, right? And that concludes uh, this 136th episode of 200. Ah, uh, private equity, not, of course, ruling out the possibility of bonus sessions.